Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So we talked about this guy last week because he's awesome and his story was awesome. He is Ty Dunn. He's the founder of Go Long. That is a wonderful website of football reporting excellence at golongtd.com. You can subscribe there. Promise, worth your time, worth your money. He's the author of The Blood and Guts, How Ty Dunn Save Football. He's on Twitter at Ty Dunn. And if you're looking uh, for just a reason why I would say you should spend your hard-earned money on this gentleman's work, well, there's a lot of examples, but the most recent, The Rise of the Jags uh, by Mr. Dunn on that site is so good. And it has our guy Herb Mired in Dysfunction playing beautiful cameos. Mr. Uh, Mr. Dunn can tell us more about it. Ty, what's up, pal? What's up, Bill? Great to be back. Thank you so much for all the nice words. I uh, I texted Tom when you were talking about it last week. I was driving the kiddos around, and Ella said, "Hey, Dad, he just said your name." So th- th- thanks for saying nice things when my daughter heard heard my name. Uh, I love that. We always say nice things. Well, we say nice things if you earn them. Like if you were Kyrie Irving, I or promise, or Jay Cutler, it would be different. But you're Ty Dunn. Um, Ty, the reporting on the Jags thing is great. And it does not appear that you were able to uncover a remarkably competent and kind Urban Meyer who had been mislabeled by the evil media. Uh, can you give folks an idea of some of the things that, that you unearthed in, in really doing a deep dive into the Jags' fall and perhaps now rise after that? No doubt. You, you know what's, what's wild, Bill? I mean, you, you've been a reporter for, for your life. It's I was down in Jacksonville, uh, sat down with, with Zay Jones for a profile that we have at Go Long. His life, unbelievable. I mean, five years ago, he tried to throw himself through a window 30 floors up. But when I was down there, I just thought, you know, let's, let's learn about these Jags. Let's see what really went into this transformation. Obviously, there had been some reporting out there on Urban Meyer, on how bad it really was before. Um, but with time comes reflection and maybe a willingness for – some players to open up even more. So as uh, Andrew Dewey Wingard was, was leaving the field, and I had talked to him on the phone for a story you know, during their playoff run the year before. I just kind of like half jokingly said, Hey, Dewey, Hey, thanks for the time last January. Got any more urban Meyer stories. And p- part of me thought he would just kind of keep walking, right? Go to the locker room. I don't want to talk about the crazy X who does, right? Who wants to relive uh, those crazy X stories? And it was the exact opposite. He reversed course, and we were the last two people to leave the the field that day. I mean, he could have gone on and on and on and on, and the stories are predictably awful. I mean, you you got into it last week, but I think it really was 
much, much worse than people even realize. The anecdote about Andrew Wingard um, saying, hey, "Look, we got a rookie head coach, we got a rookie quarterback, we, we gotta, we gotta step up for these guys," and then Urban Meyer losing his cool over it and basically making this this guy grovel in order to keep his job is is, is pretty stunning. What to you does that say about? Urban Meyer as a head coach in the NFL, that anecdote you unearthed. Insecure, weak, soft, um, hypocritical. I mean, pick your, pick your descriptor. Uh, this is, I think, to, to go big picture first, it, it's important to remember, too, this is why college coaches fail in the NFL. It, it is life or death in college football, particularly like the SEC or the Big Ten, these, these big-time programs where – you know, one loss, and it does feel like the sky is falling. The boosters start to get a little nervous. Um, you know, pressure mounts. There's there's a lot of stake. Maybe you just, you know, lost your national title hopes. So what do you do? You, you've got 19- and 20-year-olds. Well, you're going to drive them harder. You already have them under your thumb. You're going to push harder and grind them down. And a lot of the times, that's rewarded. That works. Nick Saban, I mean, he, he, he didn't become the greatest coach in college football history as they wrote by running a daycare, you know, with Blue's Clues on the screen. Like, these, this style works in college football. It does not work in professional football, right? I mean, I think Bill Belichick kind of broke everybody's brains where they win these Super Bowls and then all of the assistants try to take that methodology elsewhere, and it doesn't fly. You, you can't talk to grown adults this way. You've got to have that balance of, as Doug Peterson has done, loving up on guys, Right, building true bonds, true relationships. So when you are hard on them, you're not coddling these guys. It's not like you're going country club. Um, but when you are hard on them, it's, it's coming from a good place. Like they, they respect you. Urban Meyer never had that respect for a million reasons. I mean, they're 0-4, losing to the Bengals. He's not even flying back with the team. He's staying back in Ohio um, doing things that we probably can't even say on radio right now. So, yeah, it was a total disaster, and it was – Honestly, predictable. They never should have hired him in the first place. And the Jaguars. Ty Dunn here on the show. A little bit of a little bit of a, I think, a technological hiccup. We're talking about his really well-reported and remarkably direct and candid piece of work he did on the Jags over at at uh, GoLongTD.com. Ty, I, I'm curious. So the AFC is obviously loaded. The Jags. We're a talented team under Urban Meyer. They are a talented team now. What is your what is your level of optimism? What is a, a realistic ceiling for for Jacksonville this year? Super Bowl, right? I, I think I think that's the realistic ceiling. This is an offense fully capable of jousting with Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati. When you really look at Trevor Lawrence's season, when he got the stench off him about the midway point when the urban stench was officially uh, eliminated, he might have been the best quarterback in football. And he's, he's doing this with, without a true number one receiver. Christian Kirk was great. I mean, I think he justified his contract. Zay Jones, same deal. Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne off of the list, Frank. But now you just drop in Calvin Ridley, who by all accounts is looking like the Calvin Ridley that we last saw two years ago. I think this is going to unlock the offense in a big way. Yeah, there's questions on defense. They didn't really sign anybody, didn't draft anybody. They're hoping that everybody's just kind of better. 
Um, but they'll, they'll be able to outscore teams because of Trevor Lawrence and this leap that he can take from year two to year three, and, and mostly because of everything Doug Peterson has put in place. Truly empowering the players. It is a player-run operation, not the dictatorship that Urban Meyer left behind. Look no further than when they're staring down the barrel of three and eight, right? Baltimore Ravens, they go for two. And not only does Doug go for two, he tells Trevor in the offense, Trevor Lawrence in the offense, here are three plays, pick what you want to run. Oh, this one's to Zay Jones. Zay, how how do you want to get into that route? Okay, take the field, everything on the line. I, I feel like there are coaches who empower their players, and then there's coaches who are, are uptight, right? Maybe they're not full Urban Meyer, but they operate in May with a level of just pressure and everybody walking on eggshells that eventually it's going to crack. And there's no, it's not a coincidence that those are the coaches and those are the teams that crack in January when the Andy Reeds and the Mike Tomlins and the Doug Petersons, like these are the coaches that succeed late in the season. Ty Dunn, do you make anything? Is there any takeaway for you from Sean Payton deciding to play Russell Wilson and the starters in that preseason opener later in the week on Friday? You know, it's not surprising, right? I think we chatted about it a couple weeks ago. He is in every way trying to make it clear that there is a new sheriff in town, and he is running the show, and if you can't get on board, get out. And I think he does it in a way that is not like the failed coaches of yesteryear, like Urban and Matt Patricia and you know even Mike Zimmer at the end, where – I, he comes in as a Super Bowl winning coach, it, taking over an offense that was historically bad, a coach who was historically bad. So I, I kind of love it, right? I mean, I, I think that he was 100% correct in his analysis of Nathaniel Hackett to Jerry Bell of USA Today. And how do you back that up? Well, you, you play some of your starters in the preseason. You know, that that's a change. You're not just going to blow this thing off. And, look, you're, you're conditioning – the body for contact there is a fine line you don't want to go full junction boys in practice in the preseason but i get it i, I get that sean payton is really trying to put his money where his mouth is if you're going to say that a new day is here a new coach is here a new system all of that you've got to show it so i guess this is his way of showing it ty dunn uh, this next question is not based on anything particularly newsy it is based on the fact that the executive producer of this show tom DeCelestino once said he would rather have him than an informed Tom Brady. So I'm just curious where, like, what, it's true, Tom, what the future of Trey Lance looks like and whether there's any optimism for Tom to ever be able to hold his head high again in a conversation about the Niners. <laughs> My God, you know, I'm not going to stand. I'm not going to get on a high horse when it comes to Trey Lance because I was all in, like a lot of people. Um, I, I understood the pick, the trade up for Trey Lance because, look, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers were just stun-gunned by Josh Allen on, on a primetime slot. I really think that moment, temporarily anyways, convinced the coach that he needs a freak at quarterback. You, you need somebody that is just going to smash all the buttons on the controller and take over a game. And, uh, you know, so they, they give up all these firsts for Trey Lance. Um, he hasn't really been able to stay healthy. They keep going to the conference championship game with like a broken Jimmy Garoppolo and a Mr. Irrelevant and Brock Purdy. I, I think he's back to where he was before, that he can just kind of plug in a distributor, a point guard, somebody that's going to do exactly what he says as the play clock 
drips right before the headset gets cut out. And he doesn't want that freak show. So I, I don't know what's going to happen with Trey Lance. I don't know if he's good. I don't know if he's bad. But I wish he could get somewhere where he can play and we can find out. That was such a good answer. And I wish you could have seen uh, Tom, Ty, with his, his hands in his head because I'm a nice person. Ty Dunn here on the show. All right, Ty, so here's a, a, sort of a, a, another far field question. Every year, every year in the NFL, there's at least one major surprise, one team that is vastly different than the average fan thinks, maybe not insiders like yourself. If you were going to point to one team, for better or worse, that you think will be surprising this year, that will surprise people, is there a team that, that comes to mind? You know, I, I think that secret's out when it comes to the Detroit Lions, even the Atlanta Falcons. I think people are coming around to the fact that that offense is is built in a way that modern defenses, you know, just aren't ready for. I, so they're gonna they're gonna blast away downfield with all of these positionless threats. So they get outside the box here. What about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and your boy Baker Mayfield? Whoa! Um, <laughs> actually. We'll see who plays a quarterback. No inside knowledge here. I do think, though, around the quarterback, that that offense is going to be drastically different and better. They're actually going to try to run the ball, and I think they'll be successful running the ball. The, the, the line is different. Hey, if you're going to turn around that running game, what better way to do it than you know drafting somebody from North Dakota State that doesn't have his front teeth and has long red hair? Love the pick. I love Rashad White. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans are, are always better than anybody thinks. And, and defensively, how easily we forget that this is the defense that turned Patrick Mahomes and the greatest offense of our generation into mush. I think he was running around for, what, 497 yards before sacks and pass attempts that night. And I, it was, look, it was the 2020 season. But a lot of players that were on the field for that game are still core players to that defense. So I, I, maybe I'm just uh, – I've got Carlton Davis's comments and our conversation fresh on the mind still. He kind of convinced me that, that people are in for a rude awakening if they think they're done post-Tom Brady. But I think that defense is nasty, and they're, they're going to be really, really good. And if the offense can be middle of the road, this is a team that can win eight, nine games and, and still compete for a playoff spot. I love that so much. What a great answer. Ty Dunn, uh, one of our absolute best guests, friend of the show, founder of Go Long. GoLongTD.com, author of The Blood and Guts, how tight and say football. Uh, Ty, one of the many people out there making a living, cutting out the middleman, doing his own thing, worth your money if you're a football fan. You can subscribe, GoLongTD.com, on Twitter, at Ty Dunn. Ty, as always, pal, absolute pleasure to have you on. And th- I didn't even know you listened to the show, so double thanks for being on, and thanks for, for throwing us a listen last week with your kiddos in the car. Oh, hell yeah, man. Well, th- thank you for for all the love, the kindness. Of course, if I say or write anything you don't like, I hope you blast away because I deserve it. Um, <laughs> but always love coming on, and you, you bet. We'll, we'll continue to uh, indoctrinate the four- and two-year-olds with your musings as much as possible on the road. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.